along this world. Podcasts fill the streets. It's up to two men bring order to the chaos. Hello and welcome to uh, this week's episode of Hardcasters, the podcast that can do karate kicks but only about waist high. Um, I am Dominic Diplum and I'm joined uh, by, uh, as always, by my partner in uh, the opposite of crime, Justice. Um, Justice. Yeah, uh, Dick Fazard. Now I'm going to start with an apology. Last week's podcast, I referred to you as Dick Facade, not Dick Fassage. Um, I've been chewed out by the captain and I, uh, I apologise. But, you know, there's always these teething problems when you're partnered up with someone brand new. How are you, Dick? Well, I hope all right, but hopefully you've got the, um, the bureau up your ass. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to crack on today, but I'm going to start with a question to uh, you. And I'm going to respond because this is a question that um, I've thought probably too much about. Uh, I've really, really thought about this quite a lot. What are your top three Chuck Norris movies? If, if indeed you've got three that you like. <laughs> That's a bit of an <laughs> assumption. Well, I'd have to say I like a bit of the octagon. I like the octagon, yeah. Um, I like... Um, the Delta Force, mm-hmm. and I think I'd have to say the classic we're about to talk about, mm. Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf Yeah, it's because I would have said previously my 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 top three would have been easily uh, Delta Force, not because mm. I think it's a great movie, but it's it's a film that a lot like other movies of the era really felt like what I imagined my uh, games of action force would look like. Like it literally looks like someone playing yeah. with action figures. And I, I kind of like that. I don't necessarily think it's, it's of a Chuck Norris film. It's necessarily that great, but it, it has a certain place in my heart. It feels like what those, those images that pop into my head. Um, you also like it because of the cover, because they, they basically look like they stood at a bus stop. Yeah, just fire rocket launch into a tree. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no, there's no firing of two rocket launches. Yeah, there's, and they, their heads are clearly stuck onto someone else's bodies. Um, mm. Invasion USA. Oh yes, because yes. it's it's Chuck Norris's commando. It's absurd. Um, mm. I, I I don't really stop laughing throughout it, and it's wall to wall action. Yeah, and. Um, and he's getting pretty much down to to the pubic hair, isn't he? He's gone. Yeah. He's he's so unbuttoned. He's not. He's not just gone two buttons, three buttons. He's gone all buttons. Yeah. Denim shirt down, pretty much. That I mean, that is too, a nice too little chuck. Yeah. An, an iconic image of of double denim and two machine guns. Mm. Um, Snub nose uses, I believe. I, I think so. Right. Yes. Yeah. Now, also, I mean, I, I very much like the Octagon. I think the Octagon's got a great Darth, v, uh, Darth Vader-style ninja villain. And I think mm-hmm. it's got a great finale. I also love the fact that's the film where you can hear Chuck Norris's thoughts. So every time he walks into a room, you get a yeah. voice over here, which I think is brilliant. But where mm-hmm. that loses points is that it doesn't... I don't think there's enough ninjas 
in the start of the movie. I think they save all that ninjury stuff up for the end. Yeah. Um, I'd like a bit more ninja action. Um, the, the Hero and the Terror, a.k.a. Silent Rage, is a good one, which is Chuck Norris versus a kind of serial killer, slasher killer. That seems like him, him kind of versus Jason or yeah. Michael Mike. Which is what you want it to be, but it's not really. It's a guy in overalls. Um, yeah. And it, it's not quite the kung fu versus slasher killer film you would want it to be. So, in that respect, um, my top three would have been Invasion USA, Delta Force, and Code of Silence, which I really like because that's by the same director did a lot of the early Seagal films. And it feels very much like an early Seagal film just with Chuck Norris in it. It's kind of urban cop drama, it's kind of gritty. It's got a robot, a police robot in it. Um, uh, which is completely out of the blue at the end. He's got Henry Silva, who's a great villain. Um, yeah. And Chuck Norris has a fight with a bar, much like Seagal does in Out for Justice. And that's, the reason is because I hadn't seen Lone Wolf McQuaid until about two years ago. And I think I hadn't bought into the whole modern-day cowboy aesthetic. I wasn't really interested in Walker, Texas Ranger. I thought the cowboy and martial arts mix was a bit of an odd one. Yeah. And I didn't really think, I thought it was going to be more um, of a, of like, I just got this sense it was a love letter to, to old America and it was going to be a bit kind of schmaltzy and patriotic and not really gritty or anything. And I watched it and I thought, oh no, this is clearly one of the best Chuck Norris films. And dare I say, not just a, re- a film that's enjoyable because it's a Chuck Norris movie, it's a genuinely good action movie. Mm. But I can't decide which one it knocks off. Knocks off. It, I, I think. I think it's difficult to say. But I think that Lone Wolf McQuaid is right up there. And for the next twenty-five minutes or so, before we move on to our other shenanigans, we are going to tell you why it's great. Now, I I kind of recommended this film to you because you hadn't seen it, had you? No, I hadn't. And, I, it's one of the kind of ones of Chuck that I'd not seen. Yeah, it slips through net. And so I was looking forward to you seeing it because I knew you would enjoy it. And you've seen it since last week. So since last week's yeah. podcast, you've watched it. So can you take me through your viewing experience of uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid? What were your highlights? Oh, so many highlights. So many highlights. Um, so basically, I think like you say, because you didn't really sell it to me as, as anything. You sold it to me as a, a kind of spaghetti western Chuck Norris homage to an action mm. film. So again, I kind of didn't really mesh those together until I watched it. So it starts off, it starts off in, it looks like it starts off in the Wild West because it starts off with horses being cattle rustled mm. by, literally by a fat Mexican man in a small vest who <laughs> it literally plays up to all those kind of caricatures as a bad Mexican in the Wild West. He, he walks around kind of uh, with it, obviously, with just kind of a tiny little leather waistcoat on and a huge gut, and they quit. Basically, they they they're followed by um, a, a load of really rubbish policemen who they they round up really quickly. And he does that thing where he's like a bandit and he's going to kill one of them, and he gets like a knife out, and it feels very much like it's back in the time. And then it cuts Chuck Norris stood moodily on a ravine with a sniper and then you're like oh modern day 
Um, but then he kind of, he drinks out of a massive, um, which carries on throughout the film, he drinks out of a massive kind of water skin, which you would imagine a cowboy to do, which seems ridiculous because he's probably got a cup holder in his car. He doesn't need to do that. Um, and then he basically, it's basically, it's him taking down this Mexican kind of, bat, these bandits basically, which feels very old West. Mm. And they're quite brutal, and he kind of he kicks the living shit out of them, basically. So much so, the best thing is about the opening bit, where Mexican says, one of you Texas Rangers kicked my dad's teeth out. Are you going to do that? And then you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Chuck Norris roundhouse kicks him, kicks his teeth out. Yeah. And yeah. then it cuts to them go, him going back to the police station in wherever a part of Texas it is. But what's really strange, and it's a car crash in the aerial shot, which I had to watch twice to see if it would actually happen. And if you couldn't be bothered to reshoot it or just kept yeah. it in, it's just really, really strange. And then it kind of follows him through him being back at the police station. Now it's quick, it's quick to emphasize um, that he's a lone wolf because mm -hmm. he meets the captain, who the captain is the general from Predator. Mm -hmm. So uh, Schwarzenegger's superior Predator, he's the, he's, Captain. And he's very angry, um, if I remember. He's he's a proper angry captain who hates everything about Chuck Norris. Yeah. Uh, and he, yeah. he I think he, he says five well, he's not even a minute into meeting him, he says to Chuck Norris, I'm sick of this lone wolf bullshit. Mm. And then, as you know, he, a partner is ushered in, a new partner who's a clearly a young, kind of wet behind the ears, eager kind of police sheriff. So yeah, he's very angry. I think he holds a ruler and kind of keeps whacking it against his hand. Yeah, now um, at, at this point, um, I think it's worth noting that, that Chuck Norris is clearly set up as a rule breaker. I mean, he kills a lot of people at the start. And doesn't yeah. doesn't the, the, the hostage actually get killed at the start as well? Yeah, the first, the first hostage. And he could, to be fair, Chuck Norris could have taken them out before yeah. the hostage got killed. I don't know why he didn't. It, it is an absolute bloodbath and he walks around the next day like he's, you know, he's just run an errand or something. Yeah. Um, and the captain is very much like, you know, this is, an, this is the 80s, it's a new world, we've got to be kinder, fairer, safer. And I don't know whether it's just age, but, uh, but when I watched it most recently, I immediately agreed with everything the captain said <laughs> and yeah. just felt, yeah. yeah. Chuck Norris's character is a prick in this, like an absolute, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a dangerous, violent sociopath who should be retired from the force immediately and put in safety because he's just more trouble than he's worth. Um, he's he is, also, I was going to say, they cut to his house. Yes. So when you, they meet, go to his house. His house isn't the house of a slob, it's the house of a maniac. Mm. Because he's, he, the, the partner follows into the, the new partner follows into his house and uh, his house, there's like a toilet outside. Uh, he's got a wolf, so to fully emphasise the fact that he's a lone wolf, he has a wolf for a pet. Yeah. But his house is just—he looks like a serial killer, like bear skins on the on the walls. Yeah. There's bones just next to the door, which again, that's not very safe. Um, yeah, it, it's like when they bust into that place in Seven uh, yes. to find to find the killer. It's like you'd expect to find like fingers in the freezer or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like a He's an absolute slob. And what's even better, not that I want to jump ahead, but when he's um, the love interest in the film, he comes home one day to find that she's just decided to clean up the place and he just loses his shit. 
with her. But he, he's, he's not, this love interest though, like bear in mind when this happens, he's, he's kind of met her the day before and yeah. kind of had a romantic walk. So he's not dating this woman and so, really yeah. knows this woman at all. She's turned up his house. And again, when you meet her, um, she, you meet her at um, kind of a, like a Texas rodeo and she's clearly portrayed at the start as this free kind of free woman who's, you know, riding the horse and she's kind of this free spirit. Mm. Next time we meet her, she's got rubber gloves on, cleaning yeah. Chuck Norris's house, got rid of his beer and put vegetables in his, and literally she domesticated him in a special yeah. day. It's ridiculous. To be fair, if I'd met someone and then the next day I, I come home to find them in my house, sorted all my, through all my shit, I would be angry. Yeah. It's a weird situation because also she's involved with the bad guy at the first. And it feels like she's kind of like the bad guy's girlfriend. And then he introduces yeah. her to Chuck Norris and then suddenly they're going out with each other. Um, yeah. and so very, but I'm not sure if they're supposed to be because when they eventually... Well, you never. There isn't a sex scene. They roll around in in some wet mud at one point. Um, yeah, there's a whole fight, which you know is very romantic and yeah, yeah which roll if, a bit slow you, Yeah, you might sort of like hit like when I say rolling around in some dirty mud with a hose pipe, it doesn't sound sexy, and it's not. They they. I mean, they he lives in a shithole, an absolute yeah. awful shithole. They've just got a, a green hose pipe with no end on it. And they're literally rolling around in dirt. Um, so, but when that happens, it's almost as if like, oh, they've, there's suddenly an item there. And it's like, well, I thought they had been for the whole thing. What's she doing? So there's some kind of confusion there. Um, so our, our bad guy, now we brought him up, is, is David Carradine um, from Death yeah. Race um, and the yeah. TV series Kung Fu. And he makes for quite a good villain, I think. He's very, he's very, he's pringled up, isn't he? He's got a lovely Pringle sweater, lovely pair of cream slipper loafers. He looks like how I imagine Kilroy would dress in the 80s. He's got that kind yeah. of look about him, but he's quite physically imposing. Now, what's great about this film, I think he's got a really good rogues gallery. Yes. Because there's no charity who's great, because obviously he's a physical match for Chuck Norris, but there's a scene at a racetrack when you see Carradine with the binoculars and dominant music coming on. And then, I don't know how to say this politically correct, but then a dwarf appears next to him in a, kind of in a motorized wheelchair, cackling, which you later realize is another villain who's a Mexican drug lord, mm. who's got a, he's, he's like a Bond villain, isn't he? He's like and a he, Bond villain. He loves arcade machines, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he lives, he's got an office at the racetrack. Yeah. Which got a revolving villain wall, so when yeah. he sits, it revolves around. So it's almost like he's a little kind of Bond villain. And I think if I'm right, what something that notes me as well, he's got a desk, but rather than lowering the desk, he goes up a ramp to get behind the desk. Yes, it's like a little kind of ramp around the side, which is kind of cool. And it's also got so also the um, uh, his sidekick is his sort of his deputy that he's been partnered with and again th this film goes through all the cliches you're you're going to be working with this guy oh are you kidding me i'm, I'm not got time to babysit this person um robert beltran his name is he end up playing uh jacote on um voyage star trek voyager which is where i knew him from originally now the other thing as well is you get so david carradine's an arms dealer yeah that's right 
and there's something going on, on the border and they're quite good in po- that they, they murder some innocent people in quite a horrifying way they kidnap chuck norris's daughter i think um yeah. but this involves the feds who part way through the film that they're constantly butting up against chuck norris and telling him to lay off you know mm. um and he constantly breaks the rules you know interfering in the investigation and suddenly they just go actually you know what let's work with you that's when they put him on leave isn't it when they've kind of said yeah. to him right you, yeah, we'll take power off you. Yeah. Now, now you aren't a police officer. Now we'll get you involved in this highly secretive case. And I was just mesmerised by the FBI agent or the, the Fed agent um, hair. It's kind of like an afro, but only at the back. It kind of yeah. it doesn't go up. It's an it's a kind of fairly short haircut. It's kind of yeah. like an afro mullet. It just balloons at the back, which is quite uh, interesting. What's, so, what's quite weird is that obviously the film's called Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf McQuaid mm. and it starts off with the captain berating him saying I don't like this Lone Wolf bullshit mm. but when you watch the film I don't think he is a Lone Wolf because he's got this partner who actually there's a bit of uh, you know kind of evasion from but then he soon kind of you know works well with him Yeah, and then there's also a character who we meet at the start who looks a bit like Colonel, uh, Colonel, Sa- Colonel, mm. Colonel Sanders, um, who he, he kind of goes to for advice. Then yeah, he's, he's also kind of like the, um, the Sam Elliott character in Roadhouse yeah. as well. A, kind very of much deep, a deep very south Sam gentleman. Elliott. Yes. And then he's got his wolf, mm. who the bad guy kills, so it gives him extra impetus to go and kick the shit out of him. And this is this a good 30 years before John Wick as well. Just let's just get that clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's his daughter, who he kind of has a bond with. His ex-wife, who I'm not sure what the deal is there, because they seem quite close still. So, yeah. Um, but there's always a not... sense that they're going to get on with each other, but then he is having sex with Barbara Carrera's character in, yeah. in the mud. Um, so and I'm then he's sure. got her. And then he's got the FBI agent. So at no point, really, apart from being a bit of a prick, is he a lone wolf? Because yeah. he's always got someone he turns to at some point during the film. I, th- I think maybe a more apt nickname for him would be Arsehole. Arsehole McQuaid. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think would be much more fitting. <laughs> I was disappointed that his yeah. name wasn't Wilfred McQuaid and the film was Lone Wolf McQuaid. I think that's a better title. <laughs> I was very disappointed to find out his name's JJ. Um, yeah. But... What also surprised me, again, going to the film thinking it was going to be kind of cheap and low rent and just, you know, him doing a couple of roundhouses in the desert and a bit of a shootout. The, the end action sequence is, is big. I mean, it's, uh, they're throwing grenades and firing bazookas and there's things exploding. It feels like the Alamo, doesn't it? It's yeah. almost like they go to this place that looks like the Alamo mm. and it's Chuck Norris essentially. He's in Mexico, isn't he? So he goes... Again, this is where the FBI go, oh, we'll go into Mexico. So not yeah. only is Chuck Norris going to Mexico with the FBI, they've given him jurisdiction to go into another country and just blow shit up. Yeah. But yeah, the fight scene is in like an animal, and mm. it's almost like this huge kind of siege, isn't it? Yeah. And the fight Very scene between him and, and David Carradine, sort of in the flames, is, you know, it's not like the, the best choreographed fight sequence ever, but it, it it's generally quite tense and you generally want Chuck Norris to win especially since his family's watching you know you, you really want him to, to defeat him and I think it's quite 
effective. We also haven't mentioned, which I, I think we should, that, that Chuck Norris has a 4 by 4 which is, is kind of rocket-powered. Yes, which yeah, he's almost got like a, a kind of Knight Rider-esque 4 by 4 Yeah. Because he's got a series of buttons and he makes a kind of whirly futuristic noise when he presses them. Yeah, and he, he uses that exclusively to drive away from his new partner, yeah. which again is just another display of absolute uh, prickishness that you think yeah. this is now a dangerous car chase and you're trying to get away. I don't know, again, I don't know whether it's just my age and now I'm, I'm applying kind of logic to these films, but yeah, just every point I thought, sort it out, Will, <laughs> you know. Um, but, be a cop. exactly, but again, thinking this was going to be a small, cheapo film that doesn't reach the scale, this is actually in some ways quite epic the score is really good. The score is, you know, has flavours of spaghetti western. And if we gravitate over to the keywords, I mean, I've been looking through these, and they're not that. There's none here that are actually that funny. If you're watching, if you read these keywords, unlike the other ones, there's no oddities. There's nothing in here that make, might make you suggest that this film is as a bizarro, strange thing. I'd be interested to look at the keywords for some of these other films. This, this is the keywords of a good film. It's got things like. Um, Winchester Rifle, Contemporary Western, Neo-Western, uh, Texas Ranger, Martial Arts. It even breaks down specific martial arts like Taekwondo and Judo. You know, it's got, unfortunately, the word midget as a keyword. No one put little person in there, which is unfortunate. Um, held at gunpoint interrogation, US-Mexico border. Yeah, there's nothing in here that's, that's bizarre oh, or weird. I tell you what then, put yourself, you're, now you're in, you're in IMDb mode. Mm. You are now the keyword creator for this film. What would be your go-to top three keywords for this I mean, film? Fucking rocket car one. John, yeah. Um, uh, I would go sex in mud. Um, yeah. And possibly <laughs> just cunt. <laughs> just to describe. <laughs> or yeah I think those are my those are my, my big three I think um, or yeah dead dog I think would be would be them yeah yeah they, 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 uh, rocket car should have made this because they, they're at pains to show that he's got this car because he yeah. kind of you get he escapes towards the end using the rocket car as well Mm. So I think Rocket Car, um, Sexy Mud would be in there, mm. um, Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Uh, and also, this is a weird bit, and I, don't, I can't really, in my head, I've watched it recently, but I can't think of how he's used. He, there's a scene where he chases and captures like an informant mm. who, who, who's got massive glasses, who looks a bit like Charles Hawtrey, but like a, an 80s... Yeah, kind of action from Charles Hawtrey, and they kind of kill, and he he gets killed by um he's he's an informant, but you never find out exactly what yeah. his part is the whole thing. You just they capture him and he sells a bit and then he he dies. But he looks ridiculous in this film as well. He's like a crazy kind of Charles Hawtrey on kind of eighties villain. I might um, I mean, I might go on to IMDb and add those. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. Yeah. I won't do that right now because it might take a while, but I'll try after this and add 80s Hawtrey and Rocket Car and Sex in Mud. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, hands down, 
Lone Wolf and Quaidy is a genuinely good action movie. I think it's it's probably, you know what? Two other things as well, and I, I'm not ashamed to say this. One, I think it's a film like Chuck Norris is not a good actor, right? And there's something I find pleasing about his complete lack of ability to emote or his complete yeah. lack of charisma. I find that kind of blunt and efficient. But when he's in films where he's, where he's supposed to play someone slightly enigmatic or someone with some character, but in this, I think he plays it really well. He, I, I believe he's this character. But mm. also, Chuck Norris has always kind of looked like something that's been dropped down the back of a sofa, like just covered in, in the hair. Um, but in this, I mean, he's quite, he's quite an attractive man in this. Um, he's, yeah. he's done some work. And I think this film is the closest, I mean, is the closest he come, came to being like A-list action star. I think this film yeah. could have pushed him further um, if he'd made a few more like this. deviated a little bit he kind of couldn't get out of that he made some big movies but mm. nothing that kind of reached the the box office success or the kind of um you know the scale of the other actors so if we would go to go to go back to 1983 okay yeah. uh, after lone wolf mcquaid he went into the mission action films and that and then went off there um mm. is there a film that could have made him more mainstream what could we pitch chuck norris in the early 80s to say no no don't do your um i was going to say sort of a rambo 2 knockoff it's about the it actually predates that um but don't go sort of go back to vietnam let's work on something that's gonna let's throw money at chuck norris and tell and say let we're gonna make you the biggest movie star there has ever been what how are we gonna how are we gonna do that i think space now put him in sci-fi no shit that's exactly what i was thinking um i think yeah it's gotta be because he didn't make a, a a big science fiction movie so i think it's um definitely a space cop i know I, I can't make up my mind whether it's going to be a star trek riff in a sense there's like an organization out exploring mm. and he plays the captain or i quite like the idea of it being like star wars yeah that he's like the darth vader character but the main character so right, he okay. stomps around the universe just busting into people's spaceships and kicking the shit out of them um yeah let's go with that so okay so um chuck norris is a lone space enforcer yeah so we start like star wars we're on this spaceship and it's a party ship okay yeah. So it's a group of, of college kids and teenagers. They've hijacked a ship. They're mm. flying through space. They're having a party. There's drink. There's loud music. There's possibly some nudity. And it's causing all sorts of trouble. And then this big ship comes over the camera. What's his spaceship look like? So it can't go Winnebago because they did that in Spaceballs. What would his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would his, how about his, his spaceship is, a, is, is the shape of a fist? It's a flying <laughs> or fist. Or a leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a leg that's bent at the knee. So the foot's at the back. And then yeah. when it goes to dock, the leg extends and the foot presses on yeah. the back of the spaceship. And then the yeah. doors blow in and he rocks up. And I think he should be wearing something 
kind of like a kiss outfit. Yeah. Um, I think black leather, but so the kind of, um, okay, let's go back to the Invasion USA cover, really tight black trousers. Yeah. Black leather waistcoat, but it's got a very large pointed collar on it. Yeah. Maybe a cape that only goes down to his lower back. Yeah. Small cape and some black gloves with like silver trim. And he's got some like flashing lights on his belt. And yeah. he walks in, puts his hands on his hips, and um, he's there to sort of say, look, calm it down. You know, um, other people in the galaxy are complaining about noise and stuff. And they, they're all drunk, obviously, and all kind of full of, full of machismo and full of, um, you know, that kind of teenage or late teen mm. kind of aggression. I can uh, see it. I can see, I can see the doors opening, dry yeah. ice pouring through. Yeah. Uh, a blue light behind, sort of backlight yeah. him. It starts off at the feet, which are like cowboy boots, but like kind of like black with lights and stuff on them. Yeah. And it pans up to the small cape. Then there's a V. So he's got like a, a um, his chest is kind of out. And it's mm. like in a V shape. Um, and he's got like a, a shitty control panel. Like it looks like a police badge, but it's got like space age things on there on his chest. Yeah. And then it kind of pans up to his huge collar. And he, I think he should have massive, big hair. Like really kind of buttery, kind of permed up. Yeah, there. kind um, of Barry Gibb. Yes, Barry Gibb. So he looks like Barry Gibb in a cape. Um, and he's, he kind of, he's got that, he's sweated a bit and he's kind of got that look and it's at his eyes and he's looking around the party. And then um, he says about keep the noise down, this massive jock comes on. Like he's huge, yeah. he's got like no top on, he can see he's like, oh, this guy. And then obviously Chuck Norris takes him out in like, mm. like three moves. Yeah. And then, yeah. yep, leg takes off, starts kicking its way through space. And then that starts our film. So, okay, he's a space ranger, which I know is what Buzz Lightyear is, but he's a, yes. <laughs> he's a, he's a galactic ranger yeah. <laughs> um, that flies around in a leg spaceship. So he, while flying back, he gets, what's his name, by the way? Um, it's got to be something sad. Have you got IMDb with previous names on? So let's go through some of his previous names. So uh, now he doesn't quite have um, the same calibre of names as your, as your Steven Seagal. Uh, so Josh McCord, Jake Fallon, Jake Wilder. <laughs> so in the film Hellbound, he, called, mm. he played a character called Frank Shatter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so how about a surname Shatterman? Yes. So we need to uh, be I-E as the first name. Yeah. So how about um, either Slam Shatterman mm. or um, uh, no, Phaser wouldn't work. How about... Uh, Photon. <laughs> okay. So he's playing Photon Shatterman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they just, called, they just refer to him as Shatterman throughout the whole yeah. thing. Um, so he's so photon Shatterman is flying on his leg space leg shaped spaceship, um, <laughs> and uh, he's um, gets uh, something comes over the, the intercom and it's his police captain who's like, "God damn it, Shatterman, you just um, you know kicked the 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 galactic mayor's son um, while on spring break," and he's like, "The law's the law," and there's a bit of a kind of tiff mm. there. Now, obviously, the police captain. Is going to be an alien, yeah. Um, so I'm kind of thinking almost like 
uh, a Jabba the Hutt style character. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, um, big fat alien. Yeah, maybe you could have like like almost like a sea lion kind of quality, like a green yeah. sea lion with a with a pipe. Yeah. So yeah, he he yells. Who plays, uh, plays him? Because we need a good. He could play off as a captain. Who would play? Him? Oh, um, I think so. Who would be as like a really angry man? Uh, are you familiar with Tim Thomason? Yes. In from Trancers. Yeah. Him. What about? Or what about um, uh, Reservoir Dogs? Old guy. Uh, uh, oh, Lawrence Tierney. Yeah, Lawrence Tierney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in this case, then it's Lawrence Tierney. He's painted blue. He's got a kind of sea lion snout on. Yeah. Um, and he's poking his head up. And then the neck down is like a prosthetic to make him look like a sea lion. So <laughs> he's got a pipe. And he's yelling uh, at <laughs> Photon Chatterman, <laughs> who's sat in his messy kind of spaceship. Um, so now I think that Shatterman, he should be asked to go and rescue a princess of some kind i think he should be partnered on this mission with a hilarious robot yeah we should it should be see you, you don't want to go too far close to souls i mean a camp robot would be funny but yeah. i think kind of, i like the idea of an eddie murphy style robot like a mouthy yeah. one like yeah. a, a quick-witted always talking uh mouthy robot that just picks him off all the time yeah, yeah. That's but that that's we will ensure outstays his welcome three lines into the film. Like he says yeah. his third line, everyone's like, right, we've had enough of this screeching idiot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I like the idea that the, the costume is rubbish as well, so it just makes loads of noise as it's walking around, like loads of squeaks and yeah. bumps and crashes. Um you just see him coming off 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 camera like, oh for fuck's sake, not this character again. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so no, the the woman is a princess, but she's a secret princess. She's okay. actually flown the coop from home. She's fed up of the pretty lifestyle. She's gone galactic shoplifting. Yeah. And Shatterman's job is to do just simply pick her up and take her home to, to mum and dad, right? Yeah. The robot has already been dispatched. Um, but Shatterman's nearby, so he gets it now. The problem is that this this princess has stolen something from a local mobster, yeah. and that local mobster is going to hunt it, them. Is it Robert Davy? Can we have Robert Davy as a mobsterian? Yeah, um, and yeah, and he is going to hunt them down with his uh, gang, and his gang are all like stormtrooper people, even though they're mobsters. They're all in armor through the yeah. galaxy. And that requires Photon Shatman to fly his legship off the, the beaten path, as it were, through dangerous territory, the perilous zone. Um, yeah. And so basically, what we need to have is two or three set pieces in set in the perilous zone that would be good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, just one down. I've got to go through an asteroid field. And the way they go through the asteroid field is he gets himself into like a virtual reality yeah. suit. <clears throat> And he kicks, and as he kicks, the leg ship kicks yeah. the asteroids out of the way. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and then these robots kind of tottering about, having a go at him, making quips, and he's like, shut up, I'm concentrating. Kick, kick, kick. And these things are exploding. So that's set piece one. Then they have to land somewhere to refuel. What hilarious or exciting 
planet-based peril could they get into? I think it's. I think we go into. I think we go into like a space bar. So it's like it's almost mm. like a really dodgy part of the world. They've got to pick up parts and refuel, but it's really dodgy. And someone who runs it has has run into uh, Shatterman before. Mm. And he's pissed off, so he's like, "Right, lads, guess who's just turned up?" And they've got to can navigate their way back to the ship through this kind of kind of dodgy town that they've got to run through. But basically, it's just it's Chuck Norris kind of fighting his way through. But during this scene, I think we, he reveals like a super space power that he's got, like a weird, mm. almost like force power that he's got. Um, yes. And you're like, oh, what's that? Um, and it's like the ability to roundhouse kick, but it's like really fast. Yeah, and it's I like the shit. idea of when he punches and kicks, lasers come out. Yes. So he doesn't have a gun, but yeah, yeah um, I like that idea. Um, can I just add one thing into this world? So I think there needs to be a space yeah. stripper in this bar. Um, now, obviously, yes. we're, we're, we're a few years ahead of Total Recall. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't want to go back and um, steal their three-breasted thunder. So I'm suggesting mm. this stripper is just one giant boob with legs. <laughs> that's just yeah. up on. Um, that's so that's on the stage in the background. He doesn't interact with her. Just on on stage in the background, just a giant. Um, you know, it's a pra- <laughs> it's a practical effect. It's a giant pr- yeah. prosthetic tit tit with an actor inside. Just kind of just bouncing around, um, but yeah, and then yeah, carry on. Brilliant, I'm there. Yeah, uh, so we got a set piece. Uh, can I stop you? That I think I've got the title and the yeah. tagline. Go for it. I think it should be called Shatter Force. Yes. And the tagline is: "There's only one force in the galaxy." Dot dot dot. The Shatter Force. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So he's actually the last right of a of a of a practitioner of the Shatter Force. Yeah. which is his laser kung fu yeah. um, that's thought a, a long dead martial art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they've escaped the asteroid field. They've got into uh, a fight in a, in, a, um, in a bar. I think they need to come up against a monster of some kind. Yes. So I think they need to crash into a swamp or a forest <laughs> while being hunted by Robert Davies' stormtrooper gangsters. Uh, can can yeah. Robert Davy um, maybe can he have killed Photon Shatterman's mentor? Yes, the man that taught him the yeah, way to the Force. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, so they're in they're in a forest, and I think they get wandered in wander into a swamp kind of thing, and a creature comes out. Now, what creature would you have always wanted to see uh, Chuck Norris fight? Um, what about so, some sort of lava monster? Oh, that's good. Yeah. See, I'm torn. I like the lava monster. I also like the idea of some kind of giant prawn <laughs> that's kind yeah. of like a, a crescent shape. Um, but maybe it, it spits lava. Yeah. yeah. A lava spitting okay. prawn creature. Yes. Can he? Uh, can he, I, I've got it. It's a prawn monster. Can at the end somehow uh, Chuck Norris's Shatterman kicks him in the in the balls mm. and then rips his tail off and goes, "Ha! There's a prawn cocktail," and then pushes him in the lava. Yeah. Or they should eat it. They should kill it and eat it. And it's like, I hope you like shrimp or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, okay, so we've got 
fight with a prawn monster. So I think the next set piece should be one of those weird scenes where someone probes his mind and it's mm. him on an operating table with lots of coloured lights going round and just yeah. him kind of wincing like he's either in pain or, or ejaculating. Yeah. And then we get these weird soft focus images from his childhood and these nightmarish visions pop in and he's got to kind of beat this machine, this mind probe with his mind. And the other two, the princess and yeah. the robot, are kind of watching going, you can do it, Shatterman. You can beat this. But then that mental battle, so the camera goes and it's kind of got like a soft iris around the outside or like a prism effect. Um, but the, the mental battle is depicted and represented as another fight scene. So it's him in this kind of abstract space, physically having a fight with the person who's been probing his mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he, he has to really d d go deep in the ways of the shatter force. Yes. Yes. And he meets his mentor in there like a Yoda type character. You kind of, he, he thinks he's going to lose and this kind of character comes and goes, remember your training. I know it's a bit Jedi, but he could, you know, he could be like, remember. And they kind of, he teaches him a new Kung Fu move and he goes, ha ha. And then he uses that Kung Fu move to beat Robert Davies' character at the end. Yeah. Who's got some sort of robot suit that he gets into. Yes. I also, so, okay. So maybe the mentor, I like the idea that the mentor could tell him this is why it's called the Shatter Force and that Robert mm. Davies' character is made of glass or crystal or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like that. Um, this is great. And then he basically, he, he gets home. Uh, uh, oh, he, so he, yeah, he fights Robert Darvey and his, his goons, you know, on, on some kind of strange planet. Um, no, I've got it. They don't have a fight on a planet. Robert Darvey's got his own spaceship and there's a space battle. And it's kind of like the Star Wars thing where he's, he's going to fly a spaceship up and give it a bit of a kick with the spaceship. And his mentor's like, no, no, use the shadow force. So he puts on a space helmet yeah. and just goes out into space and physically punches and fights the spaceship with his bare hands. Brilliant. Yeah. And Robert Dive is like, what? No, this isn't possible. Things are exploding around him. And then he crashes through the cockpit into the bridge of this spaceship. And he's like, this is why it's called the Shatterforce. And he punches and, and Robert Davies shatters into pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they fly back to, um, or they're about to fly back to the, uh, the princess's planet. But by this time, they've got a grudging kind of respect. And she goes, I don't want to go back. So he actually flies off with her. And they go mm -hmm. off and have further adventures. Um, which would invariably is, is basically kidnapping a minor. Um, yeah. But that's material for the sequel. Because, you know, The Empire yeah. Strikes Back has got quite dark. I think in the sequel to yeah. this, it's kind yeah. of like he's a space... Not, he isn't actually a sex offender, but people think he is. And he's got to prove yeah. his innocence. I think that kind of a dark edge. So yeah, there we go. Shatterforce. Rise of the Rise of the Shit could be the second one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Empire Shatters Back or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I think that instead of so he did he did Lone Wolf McQuaid in eighty two yeah. and sorry, eighty three and Missing Action eighty four. If he'd have done Shatterforce before Missing Action, I think that would have catapulted him. People would now be at home playing with um, photon shatter action figures with karate kick things. They'd have a leg spaceship um, yeah, with light and sound. figure that they play with as well. <laughs> Absolutely. And dress up set, your own kind of sea lion snout. Um, yeah. I, Robert I think... gave with a, a suit that you can clip, it, clip him into. Yeah. yeah, no, you remember the, um, 
the speeder bikes when you press the back and they exploded. You'd have a Robert yeah. Derry figure, you press the back and his arms and legs fell off um, where he'd just been shattered. And I think we'd yeah. now be seeing the second Shatterforce trilogy. Yeah. I, I think we would have done him, done him proud. You know, he had a good career, yeah. but it's not, he didn't make Shatterforce. So um, another Hollywood action icon career uh, retroactively corrected by us at Hardcasters. So all it leaves us to do is to draw from the many lessons of Lone Wolf McQuaid and decide how we are going to improve standard police procedure with, with action logic. Do you have one in mind? I think really the message from Lone Wolf McQuaid is if, if, if in doubt, just act like an utter prick. And yeah. it'll, at the end of it, everyone will come out of your way of thinking. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think in most modern workplaces, there's a real, a real emphasis on team building and management skills. If you go to a job interview, you're often asked, how do you deal with conflict? I think as a, pol as a police officer, um, you should not have to worry about how you work with other people, um, how tidy you keep your desk, um, how much respect you give other officers. Absolutely. Um, so look after number one is basically standard police procedure. Yeah. Um, and mine was, um, you are uh, fully allowed to and expected to, it's a mark of a good policeman, to um, customise your car with incredibly dangerous um, uh, yeah. things like nitro, machine guns under the hood, rocket launchers, stuff like that. Yeah. Just pimp it up with as much yeah. weaponry and explosives as you can. Um, yeah. it, you, you'd make for a much better police officer. Um, exactly. Forget detective work, forget due, due process, forget paperwork, jets on your, on your car will make you uh, a better police officer. Because you get to the, the crime scene faster, you solve crimes faster. You look cooler as well. And you look cooler. <clears throat> and you can get away from your partners. So there we go. Um, Lone Wolf McQuaid, generally speaking, if you haven't seen it, please do go out. It's a, it's, a, it's a good action film, even if you don't like Chuck Norris. If you do like Chuck Norris, it's one of his best in our humble opinion. Although it's, it, it, it's never going to be quite as good, nothing's going to be quite as good as the uh, science fiction space opera epic that never happened, Shatter Force. We sincerely hope the Shatter Force is with you yeah. and that should anything, any obstacle come in your way, you can draw from the Shatterverse and yep. shatter it. May, may, may the shatter be with you always. Shut up, 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 shut up